Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Alternate Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Ganong, and with me today I have Chris. Just ate breakfast, Wagner. Yeah, I had a lot of coffee, and I'm really starting to feel it. I had nothing for you this week. Yeah. But we did just eat we, breakfast. It was a good breakfast. Got crepes. Yes. Strawberries on them. Some, yes. Some of them whipped, from real Belgians. Whipped creams. It's some real Belgian breakfast. It was sweet. It was I got sweet crepes. <laughs> <laughs> but you got you got just crepes. Well, there were strawberries and whipped cream and you know, yeah, but it was like a strawberry sauce. It was like a, t- a specialty crepe. Yeah, strawberries in the name. The crepes were just regular crepes. Like there wasn't a strawberry flavored crepe. No, no, no. But yeah, I had just like crepes. Yeah, with syrup. Yeah, because I had like sausage and eggs and. You could put the eggs and sausage inside the crepe, make like a crepe burrito. A crepe witch? More like a burrito crepe than a Crepe burrito? Yeah. That's something. Tell or, the... or like a burrito with little bits of crepe in it. Right. That's like the B- Belgian-Mexican fusion. I'm into it. Yeah. Because like breakfast, you can eat any time of the day. Yeah. But the, if you eat breakfast for lunch, is it lunch or is it breakfast? It's brunch. It's brunch. That's okay. the only, like, to me... Brunch is very indescript. What if you eat lunch for breakfast? You're a crazy person. Like it's 9 a.m. in the morning. You're having a sub? You're having a hamburger or something? No, no. Okay. I mean, you can order them at like places. If you go to McDonald's, you can order like a McDouble in the morning? Like eight in the morning? It's tough because they do a, like a, at some point, they do like a grill flip over. Yeah. Where, I, think, like, I think you have to wait longer if you order like a burger in the morning maybe. at McDonald's. Because I'm assuming, because you can get... <laughs> let's wrap this up here but you can get like an egg mcmuffin any time of the day right but you can't get a mcgriddle any time of the day yeah they have... so i'm assuming whatever they're using for mcgriddles they're using for burgers the rest of the day imagine getting a burger with a pancake bun yes that'd be quite nice oh boy anyways uh welcome to the podcast if you don't know this is the podcast where we talk about sports uh, most of the time and breakfast the rest of the time um you can find us on Instagram at Alternate Captains, on Twitter at Alternate Caps, on Facebook as the Alternate Captains Podcast. And if you want to find out what podcast services you can get us on, we're, or we can find us at alternatecaptains.com, where you can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and Google Podcasts and Stitcher. Stitcher. And that's a real one. Yeah, but anyways. Let's get right into it. First of all, before we get into any big topic, and the topics today are the Briar, with a little little fun trivia game. It's kind of Briar related. We're going to be talking about NHL rule change propositions, because the GMs just had a meeting. And I'm going to go on a rant about my favorite soccer team and why they just made one of the best comebacks I've ever seen in my life. So that's, that's what's in today's podcast. Before we start that off, I wanted to give a little tribute to someone who just passed away. You okay? Yeah. You're so, you're so broken up about it? Yeah. The um, was fighting back. The past week, uh, Ted Lindsay passed away. If you don't know who Ted Lindsay is, he was an NHL player way back when in the 60s and the 70s. He was 93 years old. He was known as Terrible Ted because... He was a rough and tumble player. He was elbowing. He was fighting. He was, you know, one of the very first kind of gritty players like that. He, I mean, that's what he was known for. He played 
uh, mostly with the Detroit Red Wings with Gordy Howe, but he also played on the Chicago Blackhawks. And he's known to be like one of the most influential hockey players of all time, right? He has four Stanley Cups. He won an, at least one MVP, I'm pretty sure. And, oh, and one, well, I don't want to spoil, I mean, I'll just, I'll just come up with it. Uh, Ted Lindsay is the reason that the NHLPA exists. Interesting. Yeah, so, but way back when he was playing, players had no rights, basically. They were just owned by the owners. Right, yeah. like you signed a, an indefinite contract with a team. So you would sign a contract, and you would get, um, like, the average NHL player salary back then was about twenty five grand a year. In the, and, like, not adjusted for inflation. So with inflation, it's about two hundred to $250,000 a year. Which is not a lot when you only play for ten years. So and like these are like the star, like star players were making making that much money. Like some of the best players in the world were making that much money, and you sign these indefinite contracts, which means that you can't leave the team unless the team lets you leave. So if you don't want to play for the team anymore, you essentially retire. It's like a non compete almost. Yeah, like the the team owned your rights, not for a term, but forever until they decided not to and that's just how it was how long ago was that the 60s and the 70s Uh-oh. so ted Lindsay was actually decided hey that's just not really fair and uh should probably fix that and also came to things like playing through injuries like he thought it should be the player who had the last call on whether they be should be able to play through an injury and and things like that and so he started this movement among the players to form a union and he actually got a lot of support and players around the league agreed with him and that he, that actually got him traded from the Detroit Red Wings. So he, he went, he, that's, that's why he went to Chicago because he wanted to unionize essentially. And actually it's not really considered a union. Like it's not called a union for sure. It's an association. Yeah. I think they had to do that in order to get it passed. Right. But uh, everything, Everything that has to do contract-wise and players' rights-wise to this day is due to Ted Lindsay. Because he's, he's, he's the founder, essentially, of the NHLPA. And I don't, the, I don't know if you remember, the, it used to be called the Lester B. Pearson Trophy. It was the, it's the, you know how there's the Art Ross Trophy, which goes to the most valuable player of the year. They're the MVP for the NHL for the year. The Lester B. Pearson Award, which was in 2011 renamed to the Ted Lindsay Award, is actually the the award for the most outstanding player as voted by the players. The players. Okay. Which is, you know, some would argue is, is as important as the most valuable player, yeah, right? It's, to, it's nice to get recognition from your peers. Totally. And so they, they renamed that. I mean, not that Lester B. Pearson didn't do great things, but... He, you know, he, he was got, a prime minister, right? He, he got was, an airport. Right, he has an airport. And yeah, so t- and Ted Lindsay founded the association that votes on. This. So anyway, so I just wanted to give him a shout out. He was 93 years old, so it's not really a surprise, but uh, he had a great life. I know right now, every rink in the NHL has uh, Ted on the boards somewhere, like for, for like the immediate future. Hmm. Like yeah, the so, word Ted or like yeah, a picture? Yeah, the word Ted okay. on, the, on the boards. Nice. Anyway, so just a quick sh- shout out to him. He had a really great career, and he's known as 
being one of the greats, and he is the reason that players are able to not have to worry about you know a lot of aspects of the game, and they can just focus on playing hockey. But anyway, so let's get right into Briar talk, curling talk. Yeah, this is. I mean, this this might be it for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the worlds are after this, but the worlds aren't as. Exciting. No, we'll talk about them, but yeah, this is really the hype period of the year. Yeah, this yeah. is we're peaking here. Right. Um, yeah. So at time of recording, uh, semifinals haven't been played yet. You got the uh, Northern Ontario boys up against them wildcard boys, mm-hmm. and that could really go either way. I mean, Brad Jacobs looked pretty. I don't want to say average, but it wasn't the Brad Jacobs that we saw the rest of the week in the one-two game. Yeah, he had some tough shots, but he wasn't. Just didn't seem quite as crisp, so we'll see see how that goes. And then they the winner of that will play um, Alberta Kevin Cooey undefeated. In the undefeated. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty much what we expected. The top four, top five. You know, looking at the start of the week, these are the teams you would expect to be. Yeah. At the top, not any huge surprises. I would say the story kind of played out how we thought it would. Those yeah. are the those really are the four best teams. Yeah. All the teams read their scripts, so they yeah. Played their part. Yeah, Scott McDonald had a decent showing, but not not top four, top five. And granted, his whole team that was their first Briar, yeah. so I'm sure they'll be back and they'll have better performances in the future. Yep, that's a team. That's an up and coming team for sure. Right. Our New Brunswick, they went three, three and four. four, just shy. Of they a were one, yeah, one result away from a tiebreaker. If Ontario had lost to BC um, in their last round robin game of pool, the initial pools. Would have been a tiebreaker. New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Ontario, which would have been cool because those. How the, does that play out? I don't know, but I think that 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 would have been fun because those are the three teams that we played in the season, and that would have been like, uh, yeah, exciting. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's the Briar talk. I think there's not finals are today. Yeah, the finals are today. So by the time you hear this, we yeah, tweet you'll, at you'll us know, who tweet at us who won. Tell us who won. My bets on Kevin Cooey. You think it's gonna be Kevin Cooey? I think yeah. if Brendan Botcher makes it to the final, which would be Alberta Alberta final, yeah, it'd be really close. I, I would think Brendan Botcher's team matches up better against Kevin Cooey than Brad Jacobs, but any of those three teams could win, really. Yeah, Kevin Cooey's really been pulling the wins out of his ass though, right at the end. Not the one-two game, but like throughout the round robin. Yeah, they've been closing games really strong. Right. Yeah, it's Briar Kevin Cooey. It is Briar Kevin Cooey, not Olympics Kevin Cooey. Um, Brendan Botcher, yeah, probably. I mean, that's that's a really good wild card team. Yeah, and I think that kind of validates the format because you have a team that might be might win the whole thing or might yeah, come they, second in right. the whole thing, and what, they wouldn't have been there otherwise. What if so? If if it's Kevin Cooey and Brendan Botcher, yeah, and then Kevin Cooey beats Brendan Botcher again, like he did in the Alberta finals, what does that say about Alberta? Right. Like, how many Alberta teams do we need? Right. In the Briar at that point, a few. Yeah, but yeah, it, show, it just shows. Yeah. You might you might get three Alberta teams because well, I don't know who the next Alberta team is, but like I think the first year they did wild card the women listen Scotties they had three Manitoba teams. There's Team oh, Canada was Jennifer yeah. Jones, and then yeah. there was a Manitoba team, and then the wild card was also from Manitoba. Right. They represent. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I think it yeah, shows the format is valid. Now, again, it depends on what kind of tournament you want it to be. Do you really want, like, do you want it to be a pure provincial 
you know, format where it's just the one best in each province and see what province is the best. I don't know. I kind of like it how it is with the wild card. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I, I, I do. I'm old school in this, and I, I liked the having the one from each province just because that was kind of the traditional. Like that's the spirit of the Briars. Like, mm-hmm. not that having the one wild card team kind of goes against that, but it's. Mm, yeah it's fine it's definitely better than the relegation yeah there shouldn't be provinces being left out but i almost think that maybe you do like you could i think you could still do uh i i liked it when everybody played everybody because that was like that's the, yeah. the briar everybody like you have teams that just never play never see each other almost because they're on different shifts do, are the pools the same every year no they change based on seating Okay, so they might, like, year yeah. to year, they might play teams they hadn't But played. if you imagine you're, like, a smaller team out of, like, a smaller province, and you're like, oh, I'm going to play Bragushu because I'm going to the Briar, and then you just don't even see Bragushu pretty much. You know what I mean? They might next year. Yeah, you know. I, just, I think they could they could do, even if you do, like, you can maybe cut a team or two, but you could even do 16 teams and do full round robin. Like, there are a lot of teams playing one game. I don't know. There's... It's definitely a good format. There is improvements. It's better than relegation for sure. Relegation was a bad format. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. That's 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 Briar talk and that leads into Bingo or fun, Lingo. A little fun trivia game. We're doing curling terms or culinary terms. Right. As the bingo or lingo. So you're okay. gonna I'm gonna come up with tell you a term and you're gonna pick decide if it's a curling term or if it's a culinary term cooking term okay you ready all right so we've got eight terms here or eight terms wow i messed it up immediately we've got 10 terms here it's close i didn't even see the word eight i don't know where i got that from rounds up we got 10 terms here um all right so is it curling or is it culinary right first term biter stick biter stick what is oh dear what is that from oh dear see because i know Biter is used in curling, or is it nibbler? The nibbler. But is is because if it if it is a thing in curling, it's what they use to determine if a rock is in or like I'm gonna say it's culinary. Culinary. I have this poor, really poorly formatted. <laughs> All right, number two, soft release. I'm gonna say curling. Curling. All right. Number three, uh, Danger Zone. Hmm. Not the Kenny Loggins song. Footloose. Footloose. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. I'm going to say Culinary. Okay. All right. Number four is Dished. Dished. Like D-I-S-H-E-D. Dished. Hmm. Is that cooking? Or is that curling? Because that feels like it has to be cooking. So I'm going to say curling. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that uh, train of thought. Yeah. It's a good train of thought. Um, number five, punch down. Punch down. I'm going to say cooking. Cooking? All right. Number six, deglaze. Deglaze. What? <laughs> Deglaze. Deglaze. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna say curling. Curling? Alright. Because first of all, that sounds really cooking. 
That's really cooking. But also, why would you do that? Why would you do what? Like, you got a glazed donut? Yeah. Why would you remove that glaze? Maybe, you know, it's a bad glaze. <laughs> yeah, but you just probably make a new donut. You make mo- many donuts. Okay. Donuts are pretty good. Um... <laughs> I think I might, might think they are doing really well or really badly. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, was that six? Yeah. Number seven, broom stacking. Broom stacking. Ooh. I'm going to say curling. Can I say curling? Which is kind of, there's brooms and curling. Yeah. But you know, I don't know how you've, I don't know how you, like I'm thinking like from a meta perspective, <laughs> what have you put in here? I don't know. Right. Am I trying to trick you? Have Maybe. you put in some just really obvious ones? Just to shake it up? Because when you're blind. Yeah. It really could be either. Right, exactly. I tried to go for, well, we'll get into it. Number eight, soft crack. Soft crack. I'm going to say cooking. Cooking? All right. So uh, that was soft crack. Nine, wick. Wick. I'm going to say curling. Okay. I'll allow it. And number 10, the last one, dump the handle. Dump the handle. Do people ever say like a, a handle of soup? Is that a thing? A handle of soup? I'm going to say cooking. You're going to say cooking? Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So Let's go through them one by one. Biter stick. Yeah. You said culinary. Yeah. That's a curling term. Yeah. That is the piece of equipment used to determine whether a stone is a biter or not. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going into, and then I meted myself out of it. You tricked yourself. Yeah. Number two, soft release. Yeah. That's a curling term. What did I say? You said that was a curling term. Oh, perfect. You got that right. Uh, soft release is a type of release that makes the rock curl more, usually by imparting less rotation to the handle. So if you kind of just like let it go instead just of... Just let it happen. Instead of turning it as much as you want. Right. And then it curls a bunch. Is that when you have that sort of like, you're presenting the rock like a waiter? Like you're like... Yeah. So you, it's not... <laughs> They say it's like a, if you if you put a lot of rotation, that's a positive release. Mm. If you don't, it's a soft release. Right. Usually it doesn't go it doesn't go as far because it curls more. And right. when you have a lot of rotation, it's a lot of more energy. Into yeah, the yeah. It's like when you it's like when you're drinking tea, you have your pinky up. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. It's bad. Well, maybe you do. Maybe it's good for the shot. Right. You got that one right. Some people have really late adjustments. Right it's like that that must just be how they do it like that's how they've always done it so that's how they're comfortable doing it but right. it's really shocking right yeah all right number three danger zone you said culinary yeah uh it is a culinary term oh, okay the danger zone is the temperature at which perishable food should not be held or left out of re- refrigeration for any longer than two hours mm. it's the danger zone that's probably like room temperature yeah why is it that Food, food like cold, but we don't like cold. <laughs> food like cold, but we don't like cold. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I'm no science person. Yeah. They're just different than us. You know, fruits and veg. Mm. F- fruits and veg are different than people. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. All right. Dished. You thought dished was a trick. You said it is curling. Yeah. It is curling term. Oh, okay. Dished is the state of a sheet of ice where the sides are slightly elevated compared to the center. So that a cross section of the ice would look like a cross section of a dish. So oh it, yeah, it's like yeah, a little, yeah, like a parabola. So, so a lot the, of a lot of stones are thrown in the middle. 
Yeah, and so when the pebble, it builds up on the sides, yeah, and it starts to become a dish. Yeah. And so the further out you go, the harder it curls back in. Yeah. And it makes it really hard to go from center to the out, because you're trying to climb a hill. Right. And obviously, you wouldn't be able to see this if you're standing there. Like, it's so subtle. Yeah. That's dished. All right, number five. Punch down. You said that was a cooking term? Mm. It is a cooking term. Oh, dear. Uh, punch down to deflate a risen dough with your hand. Press on the dough until the gas escapes. Oh. Punch down. What? What's wrong? What? What kind of dough? Uh, bread, I'm assuming. Oh. Some dough you do want air. Like a sour dough. Yeah. You want them cultures to fill up the breads. One of them live breads. One of them live breads. That's yeah. right. All right. Number six, deglaze. You said that was a curling term. Yeah. That's a cooking term. Yeah. Uh, to loosen bits of food which stuck on the bottom of a pan by adding liquids such as stock or wine. Uh, okay. And so it's not taking a glaze off a ham. It's taking a... Or a donut. Or a donuts. Yeah, that makes more sense. It does, yeah. I thought that was a tricky one. Number seven, um, broom stacking. You said that was curling? That is curling. Oh, good. Broom stacking is... a risk. Slang for socializing with teammates and opponents, often over a drink after a game. Okay. Also known as stacking the brooms. Right. Broom stacking. And winner, buy, kinda, you, winner buys. Winner buys drinks to the losers, yeah. But then usually the losers That's will buy. That's my favorite rule of curling. Yeah. It's that a, winner buys. The social bit. Yeah. But often, you, you know, you buy for the, the winner buys for the loser, and then the loser will buy the next round, and it kind of goes back and forth right. until everybody's shittered. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Number eight. Soft crack. You said that was cooking? Mm, right? Did I? I have it written here as cooking. Yeah, that's probably right then. Uh, it is cooking. Okay. As the syrup reached soft crack stage, the bubbles on top will become smaller, thicker, and closer together. So it's when you're making like candy. Uh-huh. It's the, you know, there's the soft ball, hard ball, soft crack, hard crack. Right. It's one of the stages of cooking uh, candy. So like different candies need to be at different stages. Of crack. Of crack. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. Wick, you said, was curling. Mm. That is curling. Oh. A shot where the plate stone touches a stationary stone just enough that the plate stone changes direction. So you kind of just wick off of like a guard to redirect back into another place. Oh. It's the wick. How, is that different similar, from a tick? Similar to a tick, but different. Right. Because a tick shot is trying to, you're trying to move a guard off of the center line or move a guard from where it is to another place Yeah. without removing it. Right. Because you can't remove... Guards in the first five stones to the end. Right. Five guard. Five. Five rock. Five rock rule. Jeez yeah. Louise. All right, and the last one, dump the handle. You said was culinary. <laughs> That's a curling term. Is it? Yeah. Is it, can you say handle of soup though? I don't think some any. You ever any, heard that? I've never heard handle of soup. It's, it came to me. Maybe like a. Is that like one scoop? A handle of soup. I don't know. Or like a hand hand hold of soup. Like a, full of soup. like a ladle of soup. One ladle of soup. I don't know. A spoonful of soup. Uh, dump dump the handle. During delivery of a stone, the thrower accidentally pushes the stone off course with their turning motion. Often the result of using the arm to shove the stone and usually causes a missed shot. Right. So it's kind of like soft release, but you, you know, like, you turn, it, turn it too much and you kind of move your arm in towards the, the broom is. Right. Yeah. Dumping the handle. You don't want to do that. Because if you're a good curler... Yeah. When you come out of the hack, yeah. you're you're letting your body 
right move the with like the stones moving with your body yeah you should always and you're just doing slight you always want to release it straight yeah you're sliding at the broom and you release it straight and true novice curlers will push the rock as they release towards like they'll slide down the center line or something and push it towards the broom yeah and it's it's unpredictable yeah anyways you did pretty well you got seven eight were you counting? I wasn't counting. I wasn't counting. And my, my, my format's bad. I got at least two wrong for sure. Uh, so one wrong, two wrong, three wrong. You got seven right. Seven there out of ten. There we go. Pretty I'll good. take it. Yeah. I didn't know Biter any stick. of these terms except for biter stick, which I got wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read too much into it. Yeah. You, you meted yourself out of it. Yeah. Because it felt so obvious. Yeah. That's why I put it. Because I'm like, biter is for sure a thing in curling. Yeah. But do they call it a stick? I mean, they might. They do. And they do. Yeah. Well, you do right. pretty, pretty well. Good stuff. Yeah. That was my first swing at the trivia there. There you go. Seven out of Did ten. Did all right. First place. <laughs> put that in the spreadsheet. Put that in the spreadsheet. You got a spreadsheet of scores going. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're talking hockey rules, <laughs> which sounds... Less interesting than it actually is. So it sounds less interesting than it is. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I had yeah, the yeah. I had the reverse. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone's like, oh, I don't want to hear about the rules. The rules are the most important part. True. And it the rules actually help shape how the game happens and how it's played and how it, spectators experience it. And so every year they have these general manager meetings where. Every single general manager in the in the hockey in all thirty one meet in the same place, like physically. They're all in the same place. Tim Hortons. And uh, might be at a Tim Hortons, I don't know. Might be at Tim Hortons HQ in Toronto, I don't know. Is that where they I don't know where they based it of. Must be. And they talk about how that season is going. They talk about rule changes they made the last year and how they affected the game in a positive or negative way. And then they talk about what they could do to improve the game for the next season. And so there's always some interesting things brought up, and a, and a lot of them net, like don't end up happening, but it's kind of interesting to hear where the, like their heads are at and like the feedback they're getting, and et cetera, et cetera. And so I've got a list of like what the most talked about issues were. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go over them one by one and, and say like oh we we think that's actually a good rule and they should do it or no they shouldn't do it. Okay. So the first one is inclusion of referees in video review. So this sounds kind of weird. Like the the referee is starring in the video review. No. <laughs> um, as you know now, uh, there are video reviews that happen throughout a game, initiated by many different reasons. And the, currently, the only video reviews that the the on-ice referees participate in are coaches' challenges, I believe. Or they might even be... It's, you... it's only reviews that come from the on-ice refs. Because sometimes Toronto calls in. Toronto's the head of the... Well, that's where the HQ is that, that has a, a centralized group of re- of officials that that determine based on video review like the outcomes of these reviews right and so when when toronto calls into a game and says hey we want to review this play that just happened 
the referees actually don't get to see what they're reviewing, like the on-ice referees. Okay. And so this would allow the referees to look at what they're reviewing and give their input. The final decision would still be the the officials in Toronto. So it almost gives the people in Toronto some context to what is happening on the ice level. That's, right. That'd be the idea. Right. That. Because they have, the referees do have a viewpoint that the officials in Toronto can't review. Right. They haven't, like, but it, it's from memory. And so. You think the ref should wear a camera? The ref, I mean, they do, right? Oh, do they? Yeah. But it's always, you know, you're not, you don't have the same depth perception and, you know, mm. being there and understanding why a ref made a certain call. And because it's always when you're doing reviews, you have to have enough evidence to overrule it. Because if you don't have, if, if there's uncertainty, it, the, the call will stand. Yeah, I think that's common for most sports. Yeah. But I, I don't see any reason why not. Like, it's not going to extend the time a review takes because. The, the referee, the on ice referees are just going to have an iPad and they're going to be watching it as the, at the same time that people in Toronto are watching it. Right. So it's not going to take any Might longer. add like a five or 10 seconds. May, yeah, at max. Just for the ref to say, yeah. like, this is, this is what's right. up. Right. And the decision still always goes to Toronto in, if, when they, like, when they initiate it. So I, I don't have any problem with that. I think if that, that's going to help them. Yeah. I'm not a referee, so I don't know if they want that, but I think if, if they want that, then they should be able to have it. Sure. Next, they want to add slamming to the definition of three penalties. A roughing minor penalty or match penalty. <clears throat> so right now, most of them are like roughing is a punching motion with the hand or fist, with or without the glove on the hand, normally directed at the head or face of an opponent. So roughing is essentially hand aggression. Hand aggression. <laughs> And then a minor penalty. Minor penalty shall, shall be imposed on a player who strikes an opponent with his hand or fist. Mm-hmm. Some pretty similar match penalty. If in the judgment of a referee, a goalkeeper uses his blocking glove to punch an opponent in the head or face in an mm-hmm. attempt to or deliberately injure an opponent, a match penalty must be assessed. So they're going to add slamming. I guess, I don't know if that has to do with slamming against the boards or slamming onto the ice. Probably slamming onto the ice. Like if you if you trip someone and cause them like, or like you push them to the ground, I don't know. Whenever every time you, you say slamming, I think of Space Jam. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on and slam. slam. Welcome to the jam. Next, they're gonna ban jamming. Yeah. Um. Space. This one is a little. It's a little particular. Like they, for some of these rules, they have to have very specific wording. Right. So that you, it's not. So, like, a you player can't, can't be like, oh, I didn't hit him, I slammed him. Right. Right. And so, I guess if that's if that's something that's come up, I, that, sure. I slammed him, I bopped him. I haven't really seen many instances of, like, this this distinction needed to come into play, but I guess they the GMs have seen them, so. Next, major penalty review. So, a five-minute major, or a, a, pen, or a, a penalty that could result in an ejection of a player. The referee will get a chance to review it. The referee reviews it or Toronto reviews it? The on-ice referee. Okay. So they can they can review what happened before they like eject a player, before they assess a five-minute major. Oh, so it's be- major. before they give it. So well, it's that- not like you gave the five-minute major and then they're like, well, well, let's make sure. Yeah, they might take it back. They might take it back? Oh. Yeah, that sort of thing. I think, yeah, sure. Whatever. We, we, we've got tech now. Just get get the right call. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Use whatever it takes to, to get the right code. As long as it doesn't take too long and interfere with the pace of the game, you know, yeah, I'm for it. So for sure. If they can keep, keep it to this, like a succinct, you know, thing, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Is there a limit on challenges? Coaches' challenges? Yeah. They only get one per game. One per game. And if they're wrong... Even, even if they're right? If they're if they're right, there's there's no penalty. Like, there's no penalty. They, they, they get their challenge back. They don't lose no, their challenge. No, no. So they, they can be it. they, they can be it. right. In the, I hate that rule because they have that in football too. And I'm like, well, if you get it right, you shouldn't lose it because you yeah. Right. But they don't want people challenging every but, but other you, play, right? But you, well, if you challenge and you're wrong, you lose it. it but if you challenge no, and you're right, you should be able to keep it because it was the right call. No, in hockey, if you challenge mm-hmm. and you win, then you got the result that you wanted. Right, but you lose your challenge. In hockey, you only get one challenge. Right. It's not a. It's not a right, and I'm saying that if you get it right, you shouldn't. You should get another one back. No, like you should always. You should have one until you get one wrong. No, in hockey. But why? Why, ho- why not? Would well, you know what the punishment is if you're wrong? What you lose? You lose the timeout. Okay. Yeah. So that's the that's the distinction, right? Yeah, but I don't know. I just I think if if you get it right, then that was the ref was wrong, right? The, yeah. So you shouldn't be punished for the ref being wrong. But it's like having a, a like a, it's like having a. And I understand like it gets interferes with the pace of the game, but you you get so say that you have got a bad ref. He's making a bunch of bad calls. You challenge. Yeah. And you, and you're right, and then you lose that challenge, and then the ref continues to make bad calls. Well, like now you can't do anything, right? You know, yeah, you but understand? there's always Toronto to interfere. Yeah, but I mean, like they'll just gonna, interfere. They're not going to interfere. Oh, does that doesn't happen in the NFL, does it? Um, I don't know what the NFL and the CFL doesn't. Yeah, I'm pretty you, sure it you, doesn't. In a the refer- NFL. a referee can review whatever they want, but why would a referee review whatever they? Just no, but I mean, called? like, like NH- it, NFL I'm talking, HQ. I'm, talking, I, I'm not. I'm not super familiar with. I don't think how that works. Based on, you know, I don't. Think I watch so. Cowboys games. I've never seen it happen in a Cowboy game. Right. Maybe it's happened in another team's game that i didn't watch right because i don't watch every nfl game that happens i just watch cowboys games of it uh, yeah anyway so if you yeah if you challenge a play or a call and you and you are wrong then you lose a timeout which is a big deal right and in, in hockey because it, like a timeout is is often used as a, a rest right for your players because you want to keep your best line out yeah there if, you, if you're down by a goal and there's only four minutes left in the game right you can play your first line, call a timeout, and then immediately put your first line back on. Right. So, it's a big deal. That's why it's a, it's a big deal if you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I just don't think people teams should be penalized for being right. They're not. They're not penalized, not penalized but yeah. like they just they get one. Uh, they get one. What would you call that? Uh, Mulligan. Yeah. Or they get one. You know, like when you're playing cards against humanity. And there's that one card that no matter what the the question is or whatever the statement is, you're gonna win that round. What's that called? I know I can tell you what the card is that usually wins, but it's right. I don't want to say it on, on recording. So it's like that. You get one of those. It's just a one bonus. Gimme. Yeah. Kind of. So, anyways, that's that's what it is. And we're gonna uh, come back to this at some point. This is gonna, this is gonna come up again. Uh, next shortened overtime penalties. They want it for if a penalty is awarded in OT. Mm-hmm. They want it to be one minute instead of two minutes because there's only three players out there. Yeah, and so a four on three 
power play is considered better than a five on four penalty or power play. You know what I mean? What if instead of taking a player away, they add a player to the other team? That's what they do. That's what they do. Oh, oh yeah, because it's three on three right, yeah. overtime. They should. Uh, hmm. So, so, so yeah, that's the uh, the argument is it's they, a team would rather be four on three what than be change, five on four. What if they change it to five on four? No. <laughs> so yeah, they're saying instead of being two minutes, it should be one minute. I don't think that actually went through, but I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. Because two out of the five minutes is a long time. Yeah. Especially when it's four on three, where there's so much ice to play in. They should do. Uh, what's a tenth of five minutes? A tenth of five minutes would be 50 seconds. Or, yeah. No, no, it wouldn't, would it? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> no, it'd be 30, 30, sec- seconds. 30 seconds. 30 yeah. seconds, they should do uh, they should do thirty second penalties because uh, two minutes is a tenth of the period. Okay. Uh, well, that doesn't work. It carries over. I think. What yeah. happens? What happens if you get a, a two minute penalty right at, right before overtime? That's the question. Yeah. I'm like, do they split it mm. in half? Because mm. they could. Yeah. That would work out. Interesting. But it, yeah, it was also awarded at five on four. So I'm sure that that might be why it didn't go through yet. But I'm sure they'll be talking some, about that. There's some fine details there. Yeah. Next, uh, allow referees to stop play if a goaltender loses a skate blade. Does that happen often? It happens more recently because like exchangeable blades have become more of a thing in mm-hmm. recent years. Okay. So instead of having, it actually takes less time to have this uh blade system where you essentially you just unlock the blade pull it out of the skate and put a new one in then it just to sharpen the skate right so all all players are like you know goalie right they're they're start they're starting to use these removable blades but then that also makes it a little bit more likely that they'll fall out during play yeah so for a a player not a goalie when they lose a skate blade in the middle of a play the referee doesn't stop the play because yeah. the player can get back to the bench to get another. Also, if they stop play, you could abuse that. Yeah. Um, but a goalie can't really get back to the bench. Goalie shouldn't have skates, maybe. Just wear maybe. shoes. Yeah. So, yeah. And currently, when a goalie loses their helmet, for example, mm-hmm. the play is stopped immediately. Because right. right? that goalie's going to get beamed by a puck. Right. Yeah. But when a player loses their helmet, it's almost no big deal, which we'll, we're going to get into that actually in a minute. But so so there's a there's a distinction between goalies and players, and I guess it just makes sense for oh they lose a blade, they lose their helmet, stop the play. But could a goalie abuse that? Yes, but if if a goalie abuses those things, it's an awarded goal. Okay, so they wouldn't do that. Yeah, like like when you for example, if a goalie pushes their net off in a on a breakaway, it's an awarded goal. Be such a yeah. Imagine just turns around, and kicks the net off. Right. Hilarious. Yeah. So. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Well, let goalies, let, let sense, goalies right. get their skate blades back on. Right. Next up. Well, yeah. So now we'll, we'll talk about player helmets now. So the, I have it summarized here as lose your helmet, lose your shift. So I don't know if you know this, but it, like when you watch world junior hockey, right? So they're all under 21, right? When they lose their helmet, they have to skate to the bench immediately, right? So the play doesn't stop. But they're not allowed to continue playing. Right, so they don't get hurt. Right, and they're actually thinking about doing that for the NHL. That makes sense to me. 
Yeah, I mean, in this day and age... Heads are really important. Yeah, and when you have people like Shea Weber out there blasting slap shots... Well, yeah, and, like, these these players are, like, an armor, basically. Yeah. You've got, like... How fast do they skate? Like, 30 kilometers an hour? Oh, yeah. And they're covered in armor, and they're just whipping their bodies around? Yeah. You're gonna get, you're gonna get some some crack noggins. And, and every, every team's got, a, you know, a defenseman or two that can blast a 100-mile-an-hour shot, yeah. and so... I think it makes sense. It's not... I'm glad they're not... Like, they don't lose their helmet that often. Like, it's not going to really detract from anything. No, it's not. And uh, it'll make players, I'm sure, tighten their straps a little bit. Yeah. A lot of players play with, like, very loose straps. Yeah. <laughs> their visors all the way up. Their visors all the way up, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a funny... TSN posted a picture of these five players who all... Their visors are above their eyes. Like, and one even... of the guys had, like, a huge black eye. Yeah, why do you even have a visor at that point? But... Yeah. I'm glad they're not going to stop the play. I don't know any league that does that where you have to stop the play completely, but yeah. it makes sense just make them have to skate off. Yeah. It gives the other team a slight advantage for a second. But And then the other thing is mandatory helmets and warm-up. So right now, players don't have to wear their helmets and warm-up. I'm okay with that. You know, yeah, you know, this like... feels more like uh, an insurance thing. Maybe. Like, when you're a GM of a team, you're like, I don't want to take any risks here. Mm. I don't know. I don't really care about this one. I think they'd be more likely to, like, hurt their knee or foot or something yeah. than their head in a warm-up. I haven't... Yeah, I can't remember seeing a player injure their head by falling. In a warm-up. In a warm-up, but... I don't think it, it takes anything away from it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like... Like oh, I have to put a helmet on. I'm all mad. And yeah. I'm not gonna play hockey. Yeah. If it like if that passes, no one like if you're upset about that, then what do you like? Unless you're a player, you 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 shouldn't be upset about this rule because it really doesn't change. It doesn't affect anything. any fans. For if sure. you're a fan, it doesn't change anything really for you. Yeah. Unless you really like looking at their hair. Right. Big haircut guy. Yeah. So yeah, that's just one that's there. I mean, yeah. yeah. Two more here. I like this one a lot. I wish this one. I wish this one was applied at every level of hockey. Time clocks inserted into the end boards. Oh, so so you could see... see at eye level how much time is left in a period. I just think that would be so awesome because some of the most mm. hype moments in a game are last ten seconds. Yeah, and because they're blasting shots at the goalie. And so if, if a player can look and see, oh, I've only got five seconds left, I'm going to blast a shot. And then what if that results in a goal? Or a rebound. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that hurts anyone. And I think all players would, like, all players would rather have the benefits of that, like, even though it's going to it's gonna work right. against them sometimes. But I think they'd rather, when they have the opportunity, take advantage of that. So. Yeah, I think, yeah. The goalies probably don't like that, but. Right. But then it gives the goalies like knowledge, like, hey, they're gonna start shooting shots now. I gotta clench down. Right. They're gonna they're gonna come at me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm totally for that. Like, cause like, it's so high up. You know, the 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 scoreboard is so high up. It's I'm raising my hand here. It's so high up. It like. Is it high up? It's very high up. So I think just having something at eye level would be really awesome. I wish I had that when I played hockey. Imagine they put it the, in the visors, like a little like HUD. Right. Like heads up display on the visor. Then players would actually use their visor. Maybe. The last one, I also like this one. It, and they do this currently in NCAA? Or, they, or maybe mo, uh, ma, uh, juniors? They do it at a, like, a lower level of hockey right now. AHL? No, not AHL. Maybe... 
CHL, mm. maybe NCAA. The K? Not the K. I don't care about the K. Wow. Um, choosing whether to take a face-off on the left or right side of the ice following a penalty. Because so, here's, here's, here's what ha- happens, right? A penalty is called, Yeah. right? The next face-off is in the opponent's zone. Sure. Right? Oh, pen- power plays always start in the opponent's zone, right? Right. But how do you decide Left what right. side of the ice? Is it just like where they last were? Right. Like there's every other face-off, there's something to, to determine what side of the ice it's on, right? Like right. the offside would happen on the left side of the ice. That's where the face-off happens. Or the icing happened on the left side of the ice. That's where the face-off happens, so right? So the, the, the non-offending team gets to choose The team now? with the power play right. gets to pick what side they're on for the first face-off. Yeah, and then right. after that, it goes back to however it is. Yeah, normal rules, right? It's just there's no way to de- currently determine. They just use whatever side they were closest to, I guess. Okay. I like this because it's it's a slight, very slight edge for power plays, but I think it's that, not too much. I don't think it's even... I think it's more than slight advantage because you can... Basically, you can just only practice one side for your power play now, right? That's true. That's true, but... So that, that makes it way easier to to plan around right but then you'll uh, you'll also know like maybe you only have left-handed shooters now on power play well that's the thing like because you have obviously your favorite shooters on a power play yeah and you want them to get the puck and so you're gonna pick the side that puts them in the middle of the ice so that they can you know you can immediately win a face off back to them and they can blast it or that sort of thing exactly but then also uh teams are gonna know that about you yeah, maybe. You know, like, they're going to know, oh, the Capitals are going to give it to Ovechkin. But Ovechkin is so good that knowing might not matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, there aren't many... Like, your Sidney Crosby's, your Ovechkin's, your Steven Stamkos's, like, they're so good that play, planning around them isn't always going to help. True, but what I at least what I've observed this year from the Canadians' power play, which, is, by the way, it's atrocious. It's god-awful. But, obviously, our big shot on the power play is... Shea Weber, right. followed closely by Jonathan Druin. Mm-hmm. And teams have been able to effectively mess with Shea Weber enough so that he can't get shots off himself. Shea Weber's getting old, though. Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's even then. But it, like you have four men on the penalty kill, and they're, like, committing one permanently to Shea Weber. Right. So what that does, then, it creates other openings somewhere else in your power play. So you have to be creative, and then you have to find other ways. Like, yeah. Shea Weber can dish it out, out to someone else who can maybe get a shot off. So teams will teams can at least shut down effectively enough. Like, even if you're Connor McDavid or something, you're not going to be going around two or three players every single time. Yeah. A lot, you know, a lot of times they're going to be doing that, but not you can't do it every time. And because if you just do that every time, then they'll stop doing it's super. Yeah, somebody you know, will scoutable. stop you. So yeah. I think it's I like the rule. I think it's a good rule. Yeah. And I like I don't think it's I don't think it's too harsh on the penalty killing team. And I think this is another rule where players would take this. Yeah, I think players will like, like well, take the advantages over the disadvantages. Do you know what I mean? Right, but imagine if you're a player that's only on the penalty kill, but not a player who's on the power play. It happens. It happens. Yeah. But yeah, for if, even then, you're like, oh, I want my team to have the best shot at scoring on our power plays. Yeah, just, and know, I'm going to focus on killing as best as I can. Get fewer penalties. So you're going to bank on, you're going to hope, you know, you're going to try your best that you're killing 
is better than their power play. Do you think do you think this will encourage teams to try and get fewer penalties? Maybe. I don't know if it'll be that big of a... I mean, t- teams already are, don't want to get penalties. Right. But, you know, sometimes, you know... Yeah. You gotta. But, yeah. I like I personally I think it's like good, it. I think and it's I think rule. most most players would take the pros... I'm sure a lot of coaches Over like the that cons. Rule. So, yeah. Yeah and, yeah, and it's just... Like... Again, the Canadians, just an atrocious power play. I'll take anything here, you know, for power play. Yeah. We're like 30th in the league at power play. That's not 31st. Like, we'd rather it be 5-on-5, five because five, we're a really good team 5-on-5, five five, so it turns out. What if what if it was, uh, when you get a penalty, it goes to 6-on-5? Okay. But even then, it's some, something about disrupting the lines... Because when you do power play, you kind of put together all-star lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You put your best players on, on lines so you have the best chance of scoring. And something about that disrupts the whole chemistry of the team. And then... Yeah, you almost need like a stoppage to get back to normal. Yeah. Or maybe they should even just use like their normal first and second line on the, like on the power play. Or, I don't know. Because at least those lines would have chemistry together. But right. I don't know. It's It's something weird. It's a cool rule, though. I like it. And those are kind of all the rules for... 2019, for, for this For this meeting. Uh, these come into effect next season? No, most of these won't come into effect. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Some of them will, I'm sure. Like, I'm... I don't know officially what they have to do. I don't know if they have another meeting in the summer to... Like, I know they have another meeting around... I want to say the draft or the maybe the lottery because then all the teams are in the same place again. Or like all the GMs they're all back are, at that Tim Hortons. They're all back at that Tim Hortons. I don't know where the draft is this year, but I think they have another meeting then. I don't know if that like they're gonna like make some of these rules official then. But, but these are the proposed rules for the. These are just what they talked about the coming season. Yeah. Oh, so this could be like whenever. Yeah, like essentially, it's like having like a board meeting. Where everyone will just bring something up to the group and then they'll talk about it. Oh, it's like a show and tell. Yeah, but then the, gr- the whole group has to kind of agree on it. And then they have to talk about, once they all agree on it, they have to talk about specific wording. And they have to talk about when and you know how is this going to come into effect. And instructing referees and players. And there's a whole process. It's, yeah, they can't just like have a conversation and then it's law. Right. So all right, that's cool. Uh, hopefully hopefully the, some of those good ones there will come into play. I think it'll... Yeah. It'll uh, it'll be good. All right. So next up, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to talk about some soccer. Oh okay. Boys. We're gonna talk about some soccer. We haven't really talked about soccer much on this podcast. We talked about it a bit once. <laughs> All right, but actually, like a surprisingly low amount for how much I like soccer. Soccer is my favorite. You're sport You're a to big watch. soccer boy. Right. If, yeah. If if you you just listen to this podcast, you might think that hockey is his favorite sport. Right. He talks about soccer a lot. Right. So yeah, he's got like six Man U jerseys. No, I have three. You getting a new one for next year, or this year or next year? I don't know. I'm due for a new. You Canadian have one. You have jersey. one for every color. Like you have the. Red. I have a white, a blue, and a red. Yeah. Yeah. You gonna get a black one next time? Um, I think the black one is the black one this year's. No, no, it's a blue one this year, so it'll be black next year. So you're gonna get the black one next maybe. year, maybe, or maybe I'll get an. I just got the red one for this year, so I probably won't get the red one for next year, but. Mm. Oh, no, wait, I have two red ones. I have four. You have four, okay, yeah. yeah. Anyways. You also have an Italy jersey and a Germany jersey and a... You have a Canadian one? Does is that exist? There is one, but I haven't bought it. If we ever make it to a World Cup, I'll, we will. I'll, I'll, we I'll will. buy it. We will. North America. 
As well, I still don't know how that's going to work. I think Canada should get in. Because we're co-hosting the yeah. 20... 24? Wait, 2022? No. 2026? 2026? Because it's Qatar next, right. allegedly. There was just one last year. 2018. Yeah, so it'll be 2026. 2026. We're co-hosting that tournament with Mexico and the US. Yeah, North America. But are we going to get three by teams? I think you have to, right? Like maybe. You can't you can't you wouldn't want to go to uh like yeah. That's how you build the hype up for the host teams. Like, I think they'll have go. A, I think they'll have expanded to forty eight teams by then, actually. What are they at now? Forty? What why? No, like why would they expand? They're ta- they've been talking about it. Oh have they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, might as well I mean they're like might as well accept more money. How let how many letters did they go down now? Like how many you know, they each group is a letter? Oh. Well, yeah, if there's d- 40, then that's 10 letters. The G? Oh, no, wait, way past there. J. H is 8. H, J. J? Is there a J? I know there's a J, J, in, J, the, J in the alphabet. Yeah. But... I, J. I would be 9, and J would be 10. So they go all the way down to L? K. K? L. L. So we know that's how the alphabet K-L. works. Yeah, L. Group L. Anyways. But yeah, we're going gonna, gonna, to gonna go to the story time here. All right, I'm, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to pop my favorite soccer team is Manchester United. They play in England, of course, in the Premier League. They're debla- I think they are considered the most winningest team in Premier League history, or like in English history, when it comes to Premier League titles and cup wins and Champions Leagues. They've won two. So traditionally, like historically, they're one of the best teams of all time. Like they're like as a as a franchise, right? As a club. Recent years, not doing so great, okay? Coming from Sir Alex Ferguson, who is, I, I think anyone would agree, he's the best manager of all time, any country, any club. He's the best manager of all time. What's the guy who sniffs his hand's name? That's uh, Jurgi Love from <laughs> Germany. Yeah. He's weird. He's, he's a, and he has 90s hair. He does have nineties hair. Yeah. But he's got a great hairline. Oh yeah, I mean nothing I mean, I would yeah, it's a great hairline, but it's yeah. not styled modernly. Right. You slick that back a bit, you know, add some pomade or something. Some pomade. Anyways. So Sir Alex Ferguson retired in twenty thirteen. And we've been through four managers since since twenty thirteen. Or maybe twenty twelve. I'm trying to remember. 2013, 2012. We went through four managers, okay? David Moyes, Scottish guy, lasted eight, eight months. Yeah. Louis van Gaal, Dutch guy. He's the one who brought the Netherlands to the top four in the 2014 World Cup. So we're like, oh, he look how look how well he did with just the Netherlands, right? They're not a powerhouse country. And Robin. And Arjen Robin. He came to us. Turns out he's actually better with worse teams. Like, he's really good at bringing bad teams to a to a better level than they deserve but when you have like some is better than the whole of the parts right but when you have like a great team with a big budget that's a whole different ball game like sometimes it's hard to deal with having that much if you have if you have a lesser team and like one good player it's just like get the ball to this guy but if you have a bunch of good players you're like yeah you can't just get but it's also like who do you buy when you have that much money yeah you have to make these decisions and you're gonna end up paul pogba i mean he didn't but then yeah then we had Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho, 
tried and tested in the Premier League and in Champions League. He's won titles on diff- many different occasions with Chelsea, with Real Madrid, with Inter Milan, with Porto, I believe. So he's seen it all. Turns out he has this three-season curse. Okay. First season, he turns a club around from where it was, right? So team did bad the year before. He turns it around. They usually do like top four, right? The next season, the team like crushes everyone, right? For us, his second season, we play second, which is good, but we want to win the league. Third season, almost every single time, he has a falling out with the players and the media and the rest of the staff at the club, and then he ends up he ends up not finishing that third year. And this is this happened with him at Chelsea. I think this happened with him maybe at Inter or at Real Madrid. It happened with him at Chelsea twice, maybe. And it happened with us. He didn't finish his third year. So in December, we were we had as many losses in December as we had all of last season. And we were in like eighth place or something, like at our lowest this year, which is just unacceptable. And so there's debates going on. Should we keep him for the rest of the season? Should we get rid of him now? Right? Well, I don't know. We are in Champions League, but barely. Like we just held on to Champions League. So in December, after we lost to Liverpool, we actually watched that game together. Did we? Yep. What was that? Well, we were was that the one when Kaylee came over. Yeah, we were at my my condo, and we had our friend Kaylee over because she's a Liverpool fan. Boo! Boo Liverpool, those Scousers. Um, we watched that game. They Manchester United lost, and they they fired him that week. It cost him like twenty million pounds or something to fire him because he had like years left on his contract. But they bring in this Danish guy. Is that true? No, he's Norwegian. Wow. This Norwegian guy. I hope I'm right here. I better get his ethnicity right here. Because I don't want to offend the man because he's a ledge. Okay. He is Norwegian. Okay, got it. His name is Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. That's a great name. Right? So his first name is O-L-E. Middle name is Gunnar. And then his last name is Solskjaer. He's Norwegian. Okay. He, he played for us in the 90s. In the early 2000s. He actually played for us. He was a striker. And so, and funnily enough, he was sort of a bench striker that they would bring on with like... They'd bring him on with like half the game left or less than half the game left. And he'd score a goal that would win us the game. He's the closer. Right. Which is kind of funny that he's been brought in to close, like, to close the season off. So he, he's current, he was currently coaching a team in Norway. And we're like, hey... Can you coach us for the rest of the season? And it's kind of like when the Pope asks you to do something, you have to say yes, right? The Pope? Yeah, like Michelangelo. Manchester United is the Pope of soccer. <laughs> That's a bold statement. <laughs> like, because Michelangelo didn't want to paint the Sistine Chapel, but the Pope asked him, so he had to. I don't know if he asked him. I think he got made to do it. Yeah, essentially. Right. Uh, same thing. So we we're like, hey... Can you, do you want to come coach the biggest club in the world that you used to play for? And so, of course, he said yes. So we signed him on an initial, like, care, it's called a caretaker manager. It's a manager that looks after a club for the, for the remainder of a season when a coach has been fired, and they see it through until the, a permanent coach can be found, right? And then he goes on, like, a 10-game unbeaten streak, right? So he, and he hasn't, lost a premier league game we've had like 10 wins one draw okay our his first kind of 
real test, and we didn't really expect much out of this, was Champions League. So Champions League is the league where all the best teams in Europe come together and they play each other. This is the top-notch stuff, right? So, like, like every, like, you get your your Real Madrids and your Bayern yeah. Munichs, and they all come together. That's right. The best teams from each country in Europe come together in this one league. And you re- if you win that, then you're considered the best team in all of Europe, right? So we got drawn in the round of 16 against Paris Saint-Germain, right? The best team in France who have Neymar, right? Is Neymar the, the one he, he broke his back? He Yeah, he broke a, what do you call that? A vertebrae? A, a vertebrae during the 2014 World Cup. Yeah. And he's, you know, considered one of like the top five players in the world. Brazilian? Brazilian. Yeah. He's the current most expensive player ever for like 250. 30 million euros or something like that Gosh. yeah and they're being investigated for that because <laughs> they think there's middle eastern funding going into how that uh, happened but anyways so we didn't really expect much out of this game because we had had a rough season and they're a strong team and you know so so they the, it's played in two legs one game in manchester one game in paris right so the first game happens in manchester we're at home Typically, you want to do better on your home games than your away games. You're looking to win your home games and draw, at least draw your away games. And we lost 2-0 at at home. We're like, okay, that's fine. Let's focus on doing well in the league for this season. And we'll come back to Champions League next year, right? We had a rough year so far. So we're kind of like Champions League. It's kind of extra at this point. It's bonus. So going into the second leg of this two, of this two, of this two round of 16 matchup, right? We're going into Paris, right? We're away from home. We're down two goals, okay? And we have I'm not joking, 10 injuries. We have players, we have literal teenagers on the bench. Like we have 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds on our bench because we don't have enough first team players, right? Like, you, you name a player, he's not playing. Pogba, Pogba, not playing. Lukaku. He's actually playing. But but he but he wasn't doing well. Okay. Like, Martial was our go-to guy. Right. And he was doing really well, and then he got injured, and so he couldn't play. So, we Juan Mata not playing. All these players not playing. Rooney. Long gone. <laughs> Long gone. He's like two teams separated at this point. David Beckham. Retired. Yeah. Anyways. So, we're treating this game like... Let's put a good showing out. Maybe we'll get some of the teenagers on to give them a bit of experience. It's always good when you're a teenager just to feel like what it's like to play in big games. Yeah. Helps you in the long run. Because what we would need to do, the minimum we would need to do in this game... Win by two goals. Yeah, so if we scored two goals in Paris and we didn't let in any goals, we'd be exactly tied with them, right? Because right? the tiebreaker is away goals. Okay, so if you scored three and they scored one, then the away team would win. Right. Okay. So if if we both if we we have the same amount of goals and the same amount of away goals, it goes to extra time, which is an extra half an hour. Right. Does it ever go to a shootout? If that extra time runs out, yeah. Okay. So the minimum we would have to do would be to tie it, score two goals, and then win in a shootout, right? If we scored an if we tied it and then scored an extra time, we'd win. Even if they scored an extra time as well. Right. Yeah. If we scored three goals. And and they don't score any, we win for sure. And if we score three goals and they score one, if you score two more goals than them, no matter what, yeah, 
If they score and you score two more. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, t- two minutes into the game, we score. <laughs> I'm watching this game. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the best possible start. Like, if we want to even have a chance in this game, this is what has to happen, right? So, we score, right? Then, they score. Like, maybe 20, 30 minutes later, right? Okay. I'm like, okay, it was too good to be true, right? Because at this point, we need to score... Two more goals. Two more goals. Because if we score one goal, Not enough. they win. Yeah. So now we need to score two goals. We need to win this game three to one and not let in any more goals, right? Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was right before halftime, or maybe it was right after halftime. It was sort of that 40 to 50 minute range in the game. We score again. Okay. You're like, the comeback is real again. Right. Comeback is real. And mind you, we have about 35 to 40% possession in this game. Right. We're playing counterattack, okay? Because we're so injured, and we're away from home. We're considering them to be the better team. So we're saying, okay, we're going to let them control the ball. And then if there's an opening. If they make a mistake, we're going to pounce on that, run down the field, try to score, right? Yeah. That's how we scored our first goal. All right. So it's 2-1. You're right. either winning or losing now. Right. Yeah, there's not going to be an equal tie. Yeah. I want to say maybe 80 minutes into the game, they score and it's deemed like a really... Because what's happening now with VAR is the offside ref, you know, that he has the flag and he goes like this. Yeah. He can't make a call until he hears in his ear from VAR. So they're doing this new thing where if it's a goal-related play, they're going to... It's going to go to video review him automatically. Right. So it's it, that means that you're going to get super late offside calls, like maybe 10 seconds after it happens. Seriously? So they score, and then like five seconds later, the flag goes down. Uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh. You're like... And then when you watch the replay, it was very clearly offside. Yeah, but, but in the moment, because they're out. running so fast. You're like, it, it's over, we're done. Right, right, right. And then they sub on... Like Manchester United subs on three teenagers. <laughs> okay, Do so we have... three-person sub? <laughs> Not at the same time, but oh, like in the next, you know, minutes. 20 minutes, 10 minutes or that range. Yeah. So I think at this point, it's sort of feeling like, okay, I think they maybe they've accepted. Just get these kids some playtime. Yeah, get these kids some playtime. Okay. Somewhere between the 88th and the 92nd minute, I want to say. So a four minute span there. Yeah. Right around the 90th minute. Yeah. Like it was definitely. It's winding down. Yeah. It's squeaky bum time. Right. We're not looking great. But what happens is our right back gets the ball. He runs down the field and he sort of, he doesn't have an opening, but he can cross it in. Okay. So he crosses it in the defender in front of him. When the ball is kicked, or like when the ball is being kicked is facing him. So he turns around, right? And he, and he goes to typically what you do is you, you turn around and you tuck your arms in like this, right? He's, now, he's got his, his hands kind of like shoulders if you can't you can't see him well right. that's what you want to do right because well, i'm just describing how you look you said like yeah this. yeah, yeah. kind of elbows touching elbows. that's right because if you don't know this if you touch the ball with your arm or your hand in your own goalkeeper zone the mm. the was it i can't remember the 18 the, feet, it's the big, bo- big box the big box it's an automatic penalty shot okay if it's a handball, right? So what he does is he jumps and he turns around. 
but he doesn't tuck his arm enough. And so it hits him. Like, he's not facing the ball, right? So it hits him here on the arm. Okay? The elbow area. Right. The referee calls says, says no play on it wasn't an intentional handball or whatever it wasn't you know if if it's if you're close enough to them there's nothing you can do right so the refs don't call that right and, or if if yeah, you, you were doing the, you can't purposely kick the ball in right. their hand or if you were tucking so that your arms weren't like visible yeah. past your you're body turn, turning yourself into a candlestick yeah you're yeah. doing your absolute best to yeah. not handball it they're not going to call it mm-hmm the ref says, no, don't worry about it. It wasn't a handball. The VAR officials who are like in the booth actually say, get the ref over here. He might want to take a look at this. Okay. So this is like what we were talking about with hockey. Right. The on the field ref didn't call anything, but the officials thought they like thought saw something convincing enough to call the ref over. Okay. Right. And now when they're, when I'm watching the slow-mo replay and when the ref's watching the slow-mo replay, I'm like, gosh, Really, depending on how you interpret the rule, it could go either way. Right. Because what this player does, he sees the ball coming. Mm. So he knows there's a shot happening. Yeah. He has enough time to turn around. But not enough time to tuck. At the last second. He untucks? He peeked. Oh, he peeked. Yeah. Oh, no. And, like, his body was made bigger by the fact that his arms were not in. Right. Right? So he stopped the ball by having, having his arm increasing the size of his body so it went from having the ref on the field saying no no call to then reviewing the replay and then coming out and saying that was an intent that was a handball penalty penalty shot with around again it's around the 90th minute right yeah marcus rashford okay marcus rashford who we've seen grow from being a teenage boy over the last like three years to being he's jacked now and the he's, face of Man U. Yeah, he's like 22 years old, right? He's younger than us, right? Yeah. And he's standing there at this penalty spot. There are 11 furious Paris players hmm? just screaming at the ref, right? Oh my gosh. And there's, they're in Paris. In, in Paris, so all the... There's 80,000 yeah. uh, fans in the arena who are, oh. who are pissed, yeah. right? And if he scores this goal, they move on. If he doesn't score this goal, they're out. Right, they get to go home. Right. And the young lad scores the goal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did he rip his shirt oh off? Oh my gosh, he didn't rip his shirt off. Should have. But there was a heck of a celebration. <sighs> oh my gosh. And then they rioted in the streets of Paris. No, but one guy did get stabbed. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's dark stuff. Anyways, so he scores this goal, right? And then there's only what can be described by a day's worth of extra time. Like. Uh-huh. It was 90 plus 10 by the time the game was over. Whoa. And we're just holding on, right? We're clearing the ball every chance we get. Yeah. And then the final whistle blows. And we've pulled off the greatest comeback I've ever seen. Ever. Okay? Yeah. This is a fact. We're the first ever team to come back from a two-goal two home away- loss. Two away goals, yeah. Yeah. So no team has ever lost by two goals at home and then come back. And so we're going to the round of eight. I don't know who we're playing yet because they're only halfway through the round of 16. I know we're not going to play Liverpool and we're not going to play Man City and we're not going to play Spurs. Cause Tottenham Hotspurs? They hold off in interleague uh, games until the end. So they won't have an English team play another English team until like the very end. Is it like, like a the... straight tree or is it just like... 
Yeah, it's single like single elimination. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like the they're not seated in like the best seed always plays the lowest seed. Uh, well, you're in your when you're in the group stage. Mm-hmm. So the round of thirty two. Mm-hmm. Every group has like an A team, a B team, a C team, and a D team, right? And so when like when the groups are done, the first place team is the A team, and the second place team is the B team. Okay. So in the round of sixteen, when it's just matchups, it's a- an A team plays a B, a B team, team. right? right. So a team that won their group plays a team that... But they actually, like, draw trees. Right. But there's rules about who can play who. And so, like, English teams aren't going to play English teams in the round of 16. And Spanish that's boring. teams. Are, it's boring because you see those matchups every week. Yeah, you want right? to see something new. Right. And so they hold those off until the last. Like, because sometimes there are years where Spain is doing really well that year. And so you're going to get a Madrid-Barcelona final or something like that. Right, right, so. right. Anyways, that was the most exciting thing that happened to me this week. And we were I, almost yelling just now. I stayed at work until 6 p.m. so I wouldn't miss anything. Oh, my. Yeah. Anyways, so that's why soccer is the most exciting game in the world, I will argue. Okay. It's not constant excitement, but it's highs and lows. It's uh, the, the old, what's it called? The peak valley principle? The peak end principle. Is the peak end? Yeah. So people remember the, the, the peaks and the end. Right. And, and the way that soccer is built, it's boring for most of it. It's a it's very yeah, slow pace for a lot peaks, of it, and, then and the, the peaks end, are and insane. The, and then the end is always exciting because all the players are getting yeah. tired. Because the hockey the hockey mentality recently has been we want to increase goals to make it more exciting. Yeah. Whereas it's really hard to score a soccer goal. Like you have so many games that end zero, zero. One, or one zero right yeah. just one goal, and that makes it really exciting when it happens. Huge peaks. and uh, yeah they're peaking all over the place. Anyway, so keep an eye out for. For that, uh, there'll be a round of eight soon, and the Champions League final is always super exciting. If you want to watch any soccer game this come year... Come over to Corey's place. Come over to my place. Uh, that's the soccer game to watch this year. I don't even know who's going to be in it, obviously. I don't even know where it is this year, but that's the one. And anyways, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. Again, you can find us on socials at alternate captains on pot on instagram on at alternate captains on podcasts it's true instagrams on twitters um it's at alternate caps on twitter the alternate captains podcast on facebook and you can go to alternatecaptains.com to find out where you can listen to us tweet and at us and ask how many hats Corey has that say manchester united actually low actually low is it less than five yes is it less than three yes I don't believe you. It's two. You have a lot of hats. It's one ball cap and one two. I spoiled it. Uh, guess how many hats I have. Yeah, tweet it. Or guess how it. many team hats I have. So sports hats. You have a lot of Montreal Canadiens hats. Right. So guess how many there is. Uh, again, I'm one of your hosts, Corey Ganong, along with Chris just ate breakfast. It was an hour and a half ago Maybe now. Chris just about to eat lunch. Just about to eat lunch. Wagner. This is the Alternate Captain's Podcast. Keep it clean out there, boys. Oh, boys.